What is up, podcast people? Welcome back to the show. Tonight's was fun. A high school friend who I haven't seen in a very, very long time and has turned entrepreneur. He went financial service industry out of high school, boring as fuck, I know, into starting his own business in the golf industry and uh, doing really, really well for himself. Really cool to see... Um, people in greater Vancouver starting big companies and moving up. It is very cool. He, um, he's a very intelligent dude. He is a great networker. If you're thinking about starting a business, you are definitely going to pick up some things here. Enjoy the show. Caleb Jeffries. I do want to start with, you're moving out of Vancouver. Yep. Just taking off. Yeah. How come? Well. Because I think well, like it's a big trend in the last couple of years. A lot of people are getting out of the city. And I think COVID has pushed people who were kind of on the fence. Yeah. Definitely in that direction. Like it seems like island real estate is crazy busy. Interior real estate is super busy. Other parts of BC. You're yeah. One of them. Yeah. No, no, for sure. I think COVID accelerated 100%. You know, the trend that was already happening. Like, yeah. it's a lot easier to do a lot of jobs. Like, yeah. this whole work from home thing isn't like a new thing. It's just, you know, now it's like, hey, there's a mandate. You can't go into the office. I mean, yeah. you could get, you know, your emails, calls, all that kind of stuff done. Kind of prior for me, you know, being attached to downtown in my prior role, you know, there was sort of a, I should stay here. But for me, space to grow my business, which I'll obviously talk more about. I've always had, uh, I've had family that's been in, whether it be the Okanagan or the Kootenays and farmers and all that kind of stuff. So the idea of having more land, more space, not feeling so clustered has always been something I'd want. So yeah, we're giving it a try. So we'll see how that goes. I'll report back. (laughs) Are you going to need to be in Vancouver much at all? You mentioned you have a distribution or a manufacturing office here. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I mean, I'll be back, but I mean, at the end of the day, I can ship ship a lot of stuff back and forth. So kind of setting some of that stuff up now, but I'll probably be back like 12-ish times a year. Like I've got enough family down here, birthdays, all that kind of stuff, assuming we're allowed to do. (laughs) It's been such a weird year. I know, I know. Why did you decide on the city you decided on? Um, I don't like Kelowna, (laughs) which is just, Kelowna is one of those things, it's, it's, like for somebody out of Vancouver, Kelowna is nice that it's there. Yeah, I think of it as kind of like a uh, a dumbed down Scottsdale. There's golf, you can party, you can do all these things. But would I want to raise a family there? Because that's the other thing. If you have a family, the decision making on where you live is much more important than if not. Sure. You've got to like look at elementary schools. You got to you know, all these things that I was like, ah, oh, I'll never need to. You know, I never need to sit there and like research an elementary school. But here I am. But um, my my dad grew up in Penticton for a number of years and. It's funny, since making that purchase, it's funny how many people are just like, oh, it's a great place. I was talking to, I mean, a bunch of guys I know that have played hockey, so they were up there for three, four years type thing. Just have, you know, positive things to say. So it's got a big tourism scene and in the summers it gets quite busy, but there's a nice sense of community, which in a lot of places I find don't have. And even where we are today, before we move, it doesn't really have that. Carl, can you Google the... um Population of Penticton. <clears throat> I'm gonna guess. I want to say it's 33, but I was I, gonna say 35. Geez, I need to. I feel like I need to go in a further direction. 
I'm going to say 38. Right now it's at 33,000. Almost 30, 30, no, I looked it up a while ago, but it could it, I, it, it should be growing probably right now. Yeah. Like if you if you update that in like 2 minutes with this current trend that's happening, the numbers <laughs> yeah. are, are actively going up. Yeah. So it's it, it's a nice size. I mean, it was funny we were looking up and I think it's the same size as like Port Moody. Which I kind of was like, how is there 33,000 people in Port Moody? But I guess it's up it goes the up hill. The mountain. Anmore is including that. It doesn't have a lot of infrastructure because everybody, it's it's the Coquitlam, like Coquitlam Center. Most of the things are on the Coquitlam side, the businesses, but a lot of the uh, the residential is yeah. in there. So I was like, eh. seems It seems a little bit bigger because there's more motels, hotels, but that's just because of the, the nature of the tourism side up there. Right. I was in Penticton for the, f- I think it was the first time in my life this summer. Really? Yeah. I was only there for a couple hours. But yeah. <clears throat> I stayed in Kelowna. Do you like wine? I'm going to have to. I, yeah. I, I've I, been more exposed to it. Like, I'm not a big drinker, but it's going to be something like I'm going to have to force myself and immerse myself in. next level. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, like five we, minutes. we went up there. I've been up there before, but it's like, this is a long time ago. It's like unbelievable. I was talking to my parents. They said, like, you could get a place up there for nothing. Like, mm. 20 years ago and you look at it now I mean it's just like it's like holy cow like the infrastructure just just with the wineries like yeah. you're just like you wouldn't think it's even up there what does real estate look like in Penticton Penticton mm, I was looking for something quite <laughs> quite unique with okay. like a, like a lot I, of I'm, land. Yeah, yeah yeah I mean I'm, I'm on I got a putting green unreal which is you don't even is, have to pay for the turf yeah, yeah they already had one yeah, yeah. unreal yeah. So, but uh, yeah, for us to make the move, and I'm sure this is the case with a lot of people, you're kind of wish list. You're a little bit kind of harder on it because it's like, well, I'm going to move out of Coquitlam and I'm going to do this, this, this. Like, it has to check this, 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 right? At the top, putting green. Yeah. <laughs> so the realtor up there literally had three yeah. homes to knock on the yeah, doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> no, it was, um, I, I was kind of thinking pool and then I was like, ah. It's a lot of work and like I've got a four-year-old and a one-year-old, so a pool is actually more of a headache until they're a certain age. It's just a safety concern. So, but yeah, I mean, not much supply up there. Mm -hmm. Like, like, uh, you know, the the couple times when we went up there, I was like, hey, you know, we had like say five or six places that we wanted to look at and it's like one or two were available type thing. So we just got lucky and, you know, we're pretty adamant. Like we, you know, our original plan was say move next summer. Because, you know, who wants to move up there in the winter? Not necessarily ideal, but it just so happened that this place was yeah. available and just moved a little bit. And now it's everything's moving so quickly. So that's coming up any day now. If I ever live in a house, and I feel like at the point in my life, I'm fairly far off from that. But if I ever do, at the top of the checklist is going to be a room in the basement that has a high enough ceiling height for me to have a golf simulator. Yeah, Literally, that is probably the top thing. I don't need a big yard. I do want a putting green, though. I played with a guy. He's my uncle's friend, and I, I we actually went on a band in Dunes trip. Uh, he was like a former wrestler up at uh, Simon Fraser. I mean, he's he must be sixty something years old. Klansman. But he was, yeah, exactly, Klansman. <laughs> Fel, a fellow Klansman. Um, he uh, he has his simula- sim- simulator in his home in Kelowna in his living room. So his wife's a big golfer. In his living room. Yeah, and. Oh, yeah. I've never like I, I was I was just blown away like he was just rock solid. 
like like two thirty, two forty off the tee, but at that age and just like I mean, he didn't miss. It was it was unbelievable. Just such a solid ball striker. And I do think that at some point he hit enough balls, hit enough balls. Totally. It's like anything, it's just repetition, right? There's a lot of times where I'm at home and it's after work time and I eat and I'm like, I guess I'm turning on Netflix or something. I would one hundred percent be at that simulator. Yeah. If I had one, right? Yeah. Oh no, totally. I've I'd have to build something outdoors or something. I don't know. I'm, I, I have to you are, you are brainstorming it though. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can build <laughs> a shed. Like you could build a large enough shed to do it in. So, And the economics actually aren't that bad on them. Like whether you get the top of the end or, and you can actually lease them. So Is Trackman still top? Yeah. I mean, what is that? Like 20 or 30 grand, right? They're a lot. I know. But that doesn't the full simulator. You can get something that's not, I mean, do you need to have all your numbers or do you just need something to hit and sort of track that ball? Yeah. Right. So I can't, I can't remember what the cost would be, but it's, it's feasible. Carl? I'm looking. There's a lot of options. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to say look it up. But <laughs> Sweet. Dude, it ranges from like 800 bucks to 70 grand. So you can go all 70? out. Yeah. What's the brand of the 70 one? Let's see. Uh, it's like Mira made a fucking track man or something. Ion 3. I don't know if you guys heard of that. I don't know what that is. Some full, full swing golf. There's some HT golf. Full swing golf I've heard of. Trackman? Is that what you guys are talking track about? Yeah, Trackman. Yeah. Like the most yeah. well-known maybe. Yeah. About yeah. golf? About golf. <clears throat> no. Maybe Rawhide needs to uh, yeah. expand their product line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Going to R&D. I'll see you guys in like 10 to 15 years. <laughs> Apparently the About Golf comes with like a huge curved screen all the way around you and it's 40 grand. It starts at 40. Yeah. What's the purpose of that? The curved, I don't know. So it's essentially, the, the so your, your full 180 degree view is like... So the, it literally yeah, feels yeah. like you're on a golf course. Yeah, look at those curved TVs now, right? I don't, I don't know if those are still a thing. You know the ones we're talking about? Yeah, There's like a yeah, slight yeah. curved There's the yeah, television. Computer monitors, yeah. Yeah. You still see them. Isn't the purpose of it, if you're in like big rooms, you can see clearly from different angles? Well, yeah. also it can register yeah. a shank, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just, the one thing. If you're in some of those simulators and you hit like a pure shank, if it doesn't hit the screen, it doesn't register it. So right. that's probably the biggest thing. There's been like probably one under is the only one locally, right? Yeah. Westwood has two simulators that they put into their driving range and a buddy of mine works up there. So they rent those out. That's kind of cool. Okay. Yeah. I mean, up up there, especially with like when you're at the top of Westwood, if you get snow, whatever, it like for their membership, they can just rent them out, whatever. So, yeah, their first year, it went really quite well. So, and they've, they've got, kind of continued that momentum. Plus, you can drive food and beverage through that and kind of create a little bit exactly what one under's doing. Yeah. I don't know who else has it. The only, the problem is, is like, you go to a golf town, it's like, you have to wait in line. And then the other, the only other places that have them are specifically coaching type, yeah. you know, lesson type yeah. facilities. So, there's nowhere that you can really use that. So, might be an opportunity whether or not you could rent it out in your living room. You might even be able to generate revenue off it. What ceiling height do you think you need? Mm. You need 10 feet? Yeah, probably 10. It's funny because the golf Isn't club doesn't actually go as high as you think it does. The golf club, right. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, whenever, like, but you don't want to take a chance. <laughs> no, no, no. But, like, if you've ever been to Riverway, and I mean, obviously, that's where they shot Happy Gilmore in that driving range, like, Whenever you swing, you feel like you're going to hit one of those posts. And it's funny, yeah. like when you stretch it, you hit it. When you actually swing, it's it's obviously much more compressed. Unless you swing, I think maybe like Hunter Mahan or somebody with like an extremely exaggerated. I heard that name in a long time. Yeah, yeah. And he's still around. I 
Alex Thierman went to the British Open, man, six, seven, seven years ago, maybe. Yeah. He brought me back a flag from the British Open signed by Hunter Mahan. There I you got go. in my other yeah, room yeah. over there. Cherish it. There's a, a comeback coming. <laughs> greater, greater than Tiger Woods's. <laughs> what do you? There's been so much on social about like someone else's past. <laughs> yeah. Talking about Tiger. Like uh, the most recent one I saw was Bubba won the t- Masters. The next year he had a 10 on 12. Yeah. The next year he won the Masters. Yeah. So they're like, Tiger's going to win the Masters next year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was similar to the Jack comparison that he entered like 33 in the world. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, all that kind of stuff. And then know. after the third round, they were like, or after the second round, the maybe they were like tied for 18th or something. Yeah, or they were the same number of strokes back off yeah. the leaders or something like that. So I, I'm a big Tiger fan. I, I have the tattoo on my uh, my shoulder to commemorate his uh, 20, yeah, the, that 2019 Masters. That was something else, man. Yeah. I cried from literally like when he hit it over the 12th. I was in tears until he finished and then throughout the rest of the day. Like I have, I have videos on my phone of just me like, yeah. How do you explain what happened that Sunday though? Because wasn't there three guys that hit balls in the water? Uh, four. Four. So it was Fino, Molinari, Poulter, who wasn't as close, and, and Kepka. Brooks, yeah. So four of the final six. Which you kind of go like, especially for the final group, walking past, you know what I mean? Like, these guys know each other's yardages, but when talk, Tiger talks about it, it's like, like I think he mentions like, hey, he, he plays with Kepka or he's at the range quite a bit with Kepka because they're both Florida guys and yeah. he knows just how his ball comes off. So he was watching, but I mean, again, how does Fina, I mean, how do, how do you follow up somebody doing that, right? But the fear is airmailing it, right? Like you've got a, it's a fairly tough shot coming back. And but I actually saw a photo. Molinari's of some, one was strange on 15 though. Yeah, yeah. Well, that hit the tree when he was chipping from down below because he, he left himself on the on the left hand side and he yeah. cl- he clipped the tree. But what's really interesting on twelve at Augusta, I saw somebody post a photo. I can't remember who it was, but off the back right on twelve, the actual slope off that green is like massive. Mm-hmm. Now that's that's right because you would often think, okay, we'll play long and right. You never see anybody go there, and there's kind of a reason you don't ever see mm-hmm. anybody go there because really, if you just clear that water and maybe you get like. I think it was Freddie Couples, right? That had that like amazing why his didn't go in the water. It kind of came to a stop. But really the the ideal spot is to be short of that flag and then you've got an uphill putt, right? So it's tough. I mean But that hole you're just trying to make a three on Sunday. Yeah. You're not yeah. trying to hit it close. No, but none of them had that much experience. I mean, Poulter probably the most mm. in terms of probably playing it the most. And plus, you know, how many guys of the four, how many have been in the chase on a Sunday? At that tournament, right? And, you know, each of them is thinking birdie. I mean, like, what are you hitting an eight iron into a par three? Like, how good those guys are? Like, I mean, each of them going at it, and then you just see Mr. Woods take the the safe line. But he had to work hard for his par, too, so it wasn't like it was that easy. The majors are obviously very different feelings on Sunday. I watch a lot of golf. Yeah. Do you watch a lot of golf? Normally, yeah, but if Tiger's in contention, I won't miss a minute. If not, like this year, I haven't watched that much because it just, none of the majors felt the same. Like the Masters this year had the lowest viewership of any. Really? Yeah. I watched, 
out of 72 holes times 93 participants. <laughs> What's the math on that? I probably missed maybe eight holes. Yeah. It was so good. And it was at the perfect time of year for me. Yeah. Because April is really difficult to not work on weekends Yeah, for me. But November is quite easy to not work on weekends. Yeah. So, and, I spe- and it was like early in the morning. Yeah, no, no. Because they had a tee off so early. Started at 4.30 every day. Yeah. And it was done by like 1. one yeah. Something like that, One thirty. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, I got up early. I watched Tiger. I watched a few a few of the other features group, featured groups. But yeah, no. I mean, I haven't, I haven't watched as much this year, but a lot of it being fan-based. And the other thing is the Masters is normally the kickoff event for the year where I... I mean, I don't watch the events in Hawaii. I don't watch, you know, I mean, I'll watch highlights or I'll tune in if I'm like in front of the TV type thing. But traditionally the Masters is that kickoff event. You get so excited and then you're like, oh God, how long till the next major, right? And it's like, okay, well, the US Open, or I guess PGA's moved up now, right? It goes, PGA is before US Open. Well, now they move the players up too, right? So I think the players is May. Yeah, so the gap's not as big. But that to me is always the kickoff event where I'm like, okay, the season's on. Yeah. And then after that first guy wins the first, the Masters, it's always like, okay, Grand Slam time. And then he doesn't, you know, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I I have historically watched a lot of golf. And if guys that I work with are playing, then I'm rooting for them. Do you play, do you do any like fantasy sports? Fantasy football exclusively. I, I haven't done the golf. I, I, I do like a Masters pool, but it's, yeah. it's event specific. Yeah. I don't do like a rolling my friends put together a, a masters or a, a golf pool this year. Yeah, which was awesome. There was only six of us, so we had a draft at the beginning of the year. We each picked ten guys, and then each week you got to play five. Yeah, and it's FedEx Cup points. It was really fun. Yeah, yeah. And so I found myself like in the random RSM yeah, yeah. championship this Actually weekend. Actually, pulling for it. Yeah, like, yeah, just like at least looking at my. I'm not yeah, watching yeah. that tournament heavily but like looking at your phone and paying attention a little bit more oh, it was a lot yeah. of fun yeah fantasy sports like football anything like I, you become more engaged like it's like suddenly they're your guys yeah and guess who I got in the second round of that draft so how there's many, six how guys many, six, I, I, I picked number four and then reverse so, so I picked number nine so you went number nine hmm so I'm wondering if it's a top I mean it would have to be a top ten player like Hmm. Like, I'm trying to think who the current top ten in the world is, and who's playing really well right now. Oh my god! Think Caleb. Think <laughs> like a Rory or something like that. Or was Rory he- went number one overall. That's a terrible. terrible <laughs> <laughs> I think it went Rory, then. Uh, someone picked Brooks, even though he's like injured at that point. I think he had a shoulder yeah. injury or something, a knee injury. I can't remember. Yeah, but he was out for like two or two months at least. Yeah, and then JT was number three. He would make sense. And I one picked or Rom two. number four. Yeah, that's smart. Number nine, I got DJ. Really? Wow. So needless to say, I'm winning the pool because I yeah, got Rob second, and <laughs> second, fourth, first, second, fourth, first. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's unbelievable how he's playing. The but three playoff events in FedEx Cup. So usually if you win a tournament on the PGA Tour, it's like 500 FedEx Cup points. Mm-hmm. Majors, I think, are 600. In the playoffs, there's three playoff events. You get 1,500 points for the winner. 
I think it's 1500. Anyway, yeah. and I went all three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jesus. Because I went DJ, Rom, DJ. And Rom finished second in the Tour Championship. Yeah, but so that's that because of the way it's, it's like yeah. the eight, 10 under starting, eight, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, pretty stacked at that point. Wow. Ninth. I don't think he'll go ninth next year. No. <laughs> no, I, I could see him like again prior to the Masters. Like, you know, he wouldn't be my first pick to win a major, totally. like, just because he's traditionally nice and close. But like yeah. in a regular season, you know, type type event, like accumulating FedEx points, it's like ninth. He doesn't play a lot of tournaments, but no, he's he's he, he had an unbelievable year. Yeah, but he's an RBC guy, and they're attached. Like that's why he plays the Canadian Open and a bunch of the other ones because he's kind of contractually obliged to. So, but yeah. Easy, easy money. Totally. <laughs> but it, the guys that are in there no golf or is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's unbelievable. So it's me, Thierman, DeAnge, Nathan Lee. Yeah. Uh, and then the other two guys you won't know, but they're members of Pit with us. That's unbelievable. I don't have good things to say about them right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because like, I think going into the year, DJ was maybe not playing well or I don't know. Yeah, I know. Well, he, he his putter, right? It was like when he switched putters back to his old putter that he really kind of went so off, right? When I made the pick too, <laughs> I got pretty into this. So I'd like had my printout of the top 100 in the world. I yeah. had this magazine that said like who they think is going to play well this year versus like who's a yeah. don't pick or whatever. And... I get to ninth pick and I'm like, man, I have to pick Dustin Johnson. Yeah. He's still there. Yeah. I have to pick him. Yeah. I'll take Dustin Johnson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. And it's funny, right? Because like you think, ah, oh, like yeah, it's not creative. Everybody's just rolling their eyes, scoffing. But I mean, yeah, like clearly the best player in the world right now. He was so, man, he was so good this year. Yeah. It's so fun to watch. So this is a something I wanted to bring up. Deange after... I think halfway through Sunday on the uh, at the Masters, he he made a comment that DJ is the best player he's ever seen watching, like live on TV, whatever. When he's at his best, ever. So my comment was, <laughs> outside of Tiger Woods, like w w how are we comparing here? Yeah, because uh, I pulled up immediately on my phone and I just looked at like Tiger wins and I think in 99 he had nine wins 2000 he had 10 wins and then 2001 he had like eight or nine yeah so it's like DJ's never been anywhere close to that so let's re yeah, yeah no, rediscuss no, no. this question. I mean he's 36 years old and he just won his second major totally conversation is done he deserves to be in the hall of fame he's a he's a, he's a great player and he's I think he'll actually start to stack up more like when it's all said and done like he'll probably have five or six mm -hmm. His swing, like if he can stay healthy and play into his 40s, like he's long enough, he'll continue to win. I mean, how many consecutive years of winning is, is big, but like every year on the Tigers, PGA Tour, which is really cool. Every year on the PGA Tour, Dustin Johnson has won at least one tournament. Yeah. But I don't know many people that can say that. They're, you know, like it's, it's health based issues is the only reason a couple guys, there are some other people that would fall into that category. But, you know, longevity and health and all of that is, is, is a part of any sport. Mm -hmm. Outside of falling down the stairs, yeah, yeah. like yeah. the day before the Masters tournament, yeah, yeah. Or, I think he was favored going into that tournament too. Oh, he was. No, I know, I know. <laughs> He's yeah, and then he and then there were his uh, his suspensions, which were all right. 
drug related, but the, some of the early ones weren't actually talked about. They were shorter suspensions. Nobody ever made anything of them because I think there were three in total. There's kind of a smaller one, which is like a couple of weeks and one was like a month or two. And then there was that other one he had. So He was out for like six months, wasn't he? Yeah. At least maybe. Mm. Yeah. Now you find six, yourself six months off golf, like, you know, competitive golf. I mean, I'm sure nothing really changed for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's, man, it was kind of cool to see him show a little bit of motion. Oh, for sure. Tournament. Yeah. Cause my, my point of him is, so you got no fans. You've got probably the least emotional guy out there playing that well. Like it was amazing <laughs> golf he's playing, but like, Again, like like hardly a fist pump, hardly this, but like yeah, to actually see him get choked up, I mean that was that was cool and a different side of him which you aren't used to seeing. Yeah. His Saturday round was one of the best rounds I've ever watched live. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Just I don't remember solid. as a kid like watching Tiger in his peak, because how old were we? Like twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen kind of thing, like fairly young. Yeah, even well, peak peak would have been two thousand. Right, yeah, so ninety nine, two thousand. But yeah, twelve. I don't think I'm that old when I do the math. I'm like, oh, it was yeah. twenty years ago. I'm like, oh, I was like three. <laughs> you know, oh god, I was ten. <laughs> but that round was unbelievable, man. Yeah, I think he hit. What did he hit? He hit fourteen of fourteen fairways, and sixteen greens, and twelve he was on the fringe, and eighteen he just missed long. Yeah, it's it, it's one of those things like it. It's it's amazing when you put it all together, right? Like you always think if you drop X Y Z player in the middle of the fairway and said, "Okay, can you hit the green?" I mean, you know, lots of people would, but sure. to get yourself in the fairway, especially with some of the shots you had to hit, yeah, no, it just makes it look so easy. Like it's like playing the video game. Man, it was so it was so fun to watch him, and he like he shows zero emotion, so yeah. everything just seems like it's routine to him. Yeah, which is so strange. Yeah, because playing know. golf is not that way, Carl. Not that way. I just picked up my pitching wedge from Golf Town after replacing the shaft because it was bent because I hit it Uh-oh. on things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't broken that many golf clubs, surprisingly. I've only broken two. What I do bad. now is I, I like I throw the club not like not like a violent throw, <laughs> but if I get it out of my hand, I don't have anything to break. That's fair. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because if you hold it and you go up to your golf bag, it's so easy to slam it. And yeah, you just take the weapon out of your hand and like you're rendered. You know what I mean? You're no longer a threat. One of my friends told me when I started getting into golf when I was like 21, he puts a stick in his bag before every round. So that when he hits bad shots, he'll break the stick and not his golf clubs. <laughs> I the, my only question would be if you were in a tournament, that might be illegal because of the I way they count. He wasn't good enough to play tournaments. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know what I mean though. Because like there's yeah, whether or not that would count as a club. <laughs> if to give one up, yeah, I don't know. know. Are you allowed I, yeah. to have an alignment stick or something in your bag? I think so. Yeah, no, you you are. I guess, yeah, just deem it an alignment stick, some sort of branch. Do you make head covers for alignment sticks? Yeah. Nice. Carl, do you even know what an alignment stick is? No, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the name gives it away. So just you just put it down on the ground and it just helps you kind of guide. Yeah. It's on the swing to line yourself up. Okay. Well, alignment is actually like one of the number one issues. Even, totally. e- even for me, like sometimes you hit a shot and like there's no curve on the shot. It's like, oh, I hit a perfect and you hit a green. You're like, wow, it's just simply that. 
like Faldo was actually one of the crazy ones when it came to alignment. So I was catting for a guy in the Canadian tour. The, the, uh, they used to have the event at, um, I don't even know if it was a Canadian tour or whatever it was at the time. Uh, it was out at uh, Hazel. Yeah, Hazelmere. And during the week, I don't think anybody's ever done it, but he's like, this guy had played the Buick Open. I can't remember his name. I was like, oh, that I've been 15. So he would line up his club on the ground do his practice swings. He'd get lined up to the ball and me as his caddy, who I've never worked with the guy before, he'd say, okay, good. And I'd walk in and take the club out. So he did it for the first round, played really well. And then like partway through the second round, a rules official came and said, well, hey, you can't do that. And he's like, well, explain to me why. And there's, it's interesting to hear the, like sort of the dialogue, but the thought is, is that it changes the condition of the course. Like if you were in the rough, it would leave a mark. So you're kind of changing the environment to improve your lie. No, no different than like, say picking a piece of grass or, or putting a, you know, like, you know, if you're trying to hit your ball and you want to put like a spot to hit your ball or aim your club, you know, and you put like a pine cone there as a spot to kind of aim at or something, something like that. But you think about it, Faldo used to line up and then have, can't remember her name, kind of come in behind because you want any advantage you can, you know, possibly get. Didn't they change that rule? We were changing the game when I was 15 years old. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, With the greens books or with which? I thought... When you address the ball, your caddy can't be standing right behind you anymore. Yeah. That's yeah. just like in the last year or two. Yeah. Yeah. But Faldo and there were a few others that would really kind of utilize that. They'll call him in. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, the kind of caddy player relationship and getting to meet some of these caddies. Like some, you know, there's some players that have such unique relationships with their caddies. And like, you know, some of these caddies on social media and all this, like they have massive followings, right? And it's, it's fun because there's just so many ways that they promote them, right? Like um, at the Players' Championship, they do that that challenge and the number 17, <laughs> yeah. right? And I mean, you think about it, you're hauling a bag all day <laughs> to put the bag down and no practice swing. No, like, you know what I mean? You just step up and it's like, okay, hit the green. And so, I mean, some of the guys that do it, it's just like, wow. Like first swing of the day, not warmed up. They're not hitting any other shots on any other holes to step up and hit that shot. It's pretty incredible. Isn't that where they have the caddy race too on 16? Uh, or is it, is it uh, 17 with the players? No, I'm talking the player, oh, players. The players to the island green. But yeah, <laughs> right, right. 16, but they ban the caddy race now. Oh, they did? Yeah, I think it was like... Did someone get hurt or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there was there was something or something. I mean, you know the world is now. Like any, any, anything that's fun that could potentially <laughs> cause any of pain is shut her down. Yeah. But yeah, no, their their place in the game. I mean, again, the personalities and it, it, with with technology and everything like that, like they've got it mic'd up now, and with like some of these featured groups, you you hear more of the dialogue. Totally, it's very 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 interesting to see that. I mean, just the differing relationships, right? Like Caddy, uh, like Spieth and his uh, Griller, Michael Griller. Griller yeah. yeah, it's it's they talk we like we. You know, it's it's a team thing, which is actually quite interesting in terms of taking potentially the weight off the player's shoulder and saying it's a team thing, totally. which, which it is, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But some players lean on their caddies more than others. Have you always wanted to like work in this industry? Um, where did this, where did this idea start? Yeah. That's where I'm getting at. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Uh, I mean, I, I picked up the game later. I actually caddied for my dad a bunch. He's a good player. I just started golfing at 15, improved drastically, 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 kind of gave it up for a few years, got back into it, got good again. And then, and then, you know, I, 
like a break away from golf is actually a really good thing. Like, you know, the Steve Stricker type thing where I live in Wisconsin, don't touch a club and get into it. And you're kind of keen to play again. But yeah. uh, I mean, it's so tough to think back a couple of years ago when I started it. I mean, it was definitely a hobby business. I mean, you know, I never thought about like, oh, I want to be a Callaway rep and go out there and sell golf clubs. Like I don't love, you know, golf clubs that much that I'd be like, you know, like this here, like this is what I want to sell. It's like, you realize, you know, sales is sales going into this store or this store. I mean, it's, but the creative side of what I do is what's interesting. So I started it. The original idea behind the business was very much like, I looked at what NFL sneaker artists were doing. Yeah. And I went, that is something that you could bring to golf. And there's guys that like paint golf shoes and do all that kind of stuff. But I just looked at the head cover side of the thing. I said, oh, this is an opportunity that you could express yourself and started kind of, doing it for fun, made a couple for me, a couple for a couple friends. And then a few people like being a golfer and knowing people in the golf industry, I got into a couple of pro shops then through some people I know started working with some PGA tour players and like, you know, next thing you know, here I am. And this is like my full-time gig. So it's kind of happened gradually. And there was, a, there was a, a few, there's been constant proof points in the business to say why I should do this. Like, and I think that's what everybody should do is like, it's like, okay, like whether it's it's one positive email just saying, man, this is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, that's another proof point, right? So th- every day there are these points that just say, you p- keep doing this, keep doing this. You should go further with this. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I didn't sit there and go, okay, I love the golf industry. I want to find a way to work in it. Let me work backwards to how I do that. It wasn't that. So I golfed. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I, I needed new head covers of the current, you know, the OEM head cover sucked looked to buy some, they're expensive, they were this, 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 and I thought I could probably do that. And then down the rabbit hole I went. <laughs> and yeah, lots of, yeah, put in a lot of man hours. Was What was the point where you decided to take it full time? Is uh, there like a specific it, moment? I mean, I've, I don't take days off. I work seven days a week at it. Um, I mean, I wanted to for a while, like once it started to gain a certain amount of steam, but having a young family, you know, wanting to do this as this and having a, you know, a really good career, it had to be a pretty strong pull factor to just say, okay, let's cut ties here, cut ties here, cut ties here. So, you know, I always wanted to do it, but, you know, pandemic driven grew the business several hundred percent overnight, Crazy, which is just the growth of the sport and, a lot of people are on their phone and what I do is fairly artistic. So if the right, you know, avenue sort of share it or if I work with the right individuals that share it, that just kind of kind of gave it that momentum. Mm-hmm. So it was actually kind of out of necessity. Like I was like, I cannot physically do this while trying to work another job. So really a dream scenario, right? It's not like a I got an idea and quit my full-time job and I'm gonna, you know what I mean? Where you're like, okay, I want to put in 80 hours of work, but there's only two hours of work worth of work there for you, right? And it's like, okay, well, what do I do for the other 78? Just scour the internet for ideas and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm, I'm it's, yeah, I know it's been kind of, kind of a dream. So it doesn't seem to be slowing down and the growth of golf, there's this spark in it. that's just ignited and, you know, there's more people at the driving range, more people doing this and like, that's not going away. I don't think, I mean, that spark isn't going away, yeah. whether you have a vaccine or people start playing other sports. Like, you know, the golf bug when somebody gets it, like that can go a long way. Like at, pit, at 15, at a, age 15, yeah. I got it and like, you know, I'm 30 now. Yeah. You know what I mean? I still, I'm more passionate about it than I was then. So 
At our club, I don't know what VGC was like. Maybe they didn't even have this much room to grow. But at Pitt, we had over 40 new members, I think, four months in a row during COVID. I think it was like April, May, June, July. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's an access issue. Like, yeah. it's actually a couple courses that are looking at going private now just because they're so backed up. They're like, okay, well, we can get a membership that at least gets first access to T Sheet. You get that plus XYZ revenue. Yeah. So, yeah, it's. The wait list, I think, is two years at Vancouver, but it might even be bigger now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is just access to T-Sheet, but that's still a challenge. Have you always been like super creative guy? Because you're doing them all by yourself, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I do all, I do all the design work and I do all the, man, all the manufacturing. I mean, I, I've, I have people that help me, but like every product I make, I touch and like literally put together. So um, yes, I paint, I... I I, I've said this before to people like I used to paint models when I was a kid, like uh, Warhammer and Lord of the Rings specifically. So you know, it's it's a it's a side of me that uh, I quite often hide. But you know, I've, I've always in like I never went to school for painting. I never I, I didn't go to school to be any sort of an artist. And I try to explain to somebody I'm an artist. Like, well, you make head covers. It's like, well, there is an art form to that. So. Yeah, 100%. If somebody doesn't believe you, look at your Instagram. They're like 100% their art. Yeah. So it's, and thank you. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've always had a creative side. I've done like things like stand up comedy. I've done, you know, things like that in the past. And, you know, for me, it's just like there's always a want to do a lot of different things, but to actually get good at something, like there's a point where you have to say, I got to focus on this because it's so easy to just start something, take it part way, and then kind of jump to the next thing. Like there's that. There's that thrill of like starting something new and, and you see a lot of people that do that, but to actually build a business, there's very few things that like, I mean, anytime something's an overnight success, it's like, well, there was five years that nobody ever saw anything and then they saw that, right? Yeah. Or 10 years or, or, you know, an entire lifetime's work that kind of went into building that person, right? So yeah, every once in a while, somebody just locks out on the right thing at the right time, but but really like hard work doing all that, like, you know, it's it's almost where I want it to be now. But like, I, there's still so many creative things that I want to do, bring to it before I can really say like, ah, like now I can do everything I want to. So working on that as we speak. What were some of the like challenges early? I would assume like <clears throat> supply, like finding a good supplier that, are they real leather? Yep. Yeah. So like finding someone to like yeah. provide the leather? Yeah. No, I mean, I have to remember like when I, when I started, I mean, I had, my mom had industrial sewing equipment, so it's not like I had okay. to go out and like buy like a you know several thousand dollar machine just to make one head cover because yeah. that would just be ludicrous. <laughs> yeah. So she was very talented, um, which was which was a big part in getting started. Um, but yeah, I literally went out, sourced it, uh, started going to like some furniture stores, like just trying to find remnant pieces, calling people. I mean, you know, like the average hide hide you buy is like you know forty to fifty square feet. So I mean, that's not that's way more than you'd need to make one head cover, right? So. <laughs> And, and trying to get multiple colors and stuff like that. So I just started to put it together. And I think about like just the the stress of just, you know, the first order where you had to make like eight of something. And you're like, holy, cow. you know I mean? Like, like this seems crazy. And how to price your product, right? Like, I mean, you don't really, and I still don't know. If somebody said, hey, what are your margins? I like, I, I know it sounds absolutely absurd. It's like, I don't know. I don't like, you know what I mean? Like I am company, I execute. I, you know, there's a certain amount that I need to make, but like, I don't really look at it that way. I just go like make cool things for people. Like, I've got some of like the most unbelievable customers and like that just 
every month are ordering X. Like there, there are people out there that spend $300,000 a year, like US on golf equipment. And you just go like, how could you do that? And there's collectors and I've got guys that just like, you know, come Christmas, it's like, hey, here, you know, I want to get this for this client, this client, this client, you know what I mean? Like you just start getting connected to these people and lots of like-minded people that love the sport. So yeah, I don't, you know, I mean, I, I've, when I quit my job, when I did it, you know, all, all these different things, I never had a business plan and and I, I refuse to have a business plan. <laughs> like I, like, and, it, and, and it's funny cause I come from the world of finance where I analyze, yeah. I mean, I, I literally analyze companies. I, I, I dive through their financials. Like it's not like I'm a, you know, I understand how it works, but you don't need to sit there and like, you know what I mean? Like I, what, what a waste of time it would be for me to sit there and just build a spreadsheet about what I should do. It's like, just do it. Seems Nike. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> Seems like that's where a lot of young people struggle is there. They spend so much time on like what they should do oh, yeah. versus just doing something and learning from the mistake or whatever it may be. Oh, totally. We could like just be like, oh, let's start a, Google, shared Google Doc and we'll come up with some ideas. And I mean, I know so many people that are in that early stage of starting a business and it is just a blank Google Doc. <laughs> it never it never gets past that yeah. point. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's funny. People like just the completion of things. And I, and I, I was notoriously bad at it, but I just had to immerse myself. It's like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go buy this piece of equipment. That's a lot of money. Well, at this point I'm like, well, I'm going for it, right? Like it, you know, not not necessarily the right thing. Like if somebody's listening to this and is like, oh man, I want to be like a semi driver and I'm gonna go buy a truck because Caleb said buy it and then you'll you'll get through. It's like, no, 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 no. Like like there are points to, you know, like the caution, you know, caution with everything you do, but like you can just get out there, do it, and try it. I mean, there's there's ways to mitigate risk in, in anything you do. But yeah, I know like to I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I'm entrepreneurial. I don't really view myself as one. I just I don't really view myself as anything. I just, I get up every day, I work hard. And I think if I keep doing that, good things will happen. And they, and they, are, and they continue to happen. So like I say, those individual proof points that happen every day, just continue to say, Caleb, keep going, keep going. This is working, this is working. So not a ton of failure, luckily. I mean, like anything, lots of struggles, lots of this, but like generally it's been pretty good so far. Do you look back at your like first few that you made and laugh? Yeah, I have the original one. Do you? Yeah, it, it, I, I literally copied what the- What was the first one? It's just like literally a brown piece of leather with another brown piece of leather. Like I literally mirrored the uh, the TaylorMade R15 driver cover. So okay. it's actually like really quite short. So you're like, your shafts end up bashing into the, um, or sorry, your uh, iron heads bash into the shaft. It's like really an annoying part of the OEM head covers. Mm. So I made that single elastic. I mean, it doesn't look good, Like uh, like, but really it's not- it's not terrible. Like I know there are some companies out there that sell something like that. But when I look at what I'm doing now, I mean, every, I mean, again, everything I make, I ship. Like to kind of see sometimes a finished product, that like there are a lot that I ship out the door. I'm like, oh, I'd like to keep this. I mean, I could recreate it, but that part of it is generally like not as exciting as the one-off nature of it, right? Right. You get a lot of people that are like, hey, I want this exact one you've made before. And it's like, I mean, I can do it. And there are some that are easier to remake than others, but there's some where I just kind of have at her. And it's like, to recreate it, I kind of got to remember, it's like, oh, like, you know, what did I, like, what did I do to kind of create this? What percentage of the business is like completely custom versus like ordering off your website or something? Like 95 custom, really 5% website. Yeah. Yeah, I've got like a couple dog breeds on my website, like a few like 
like a state flag, like like the British Columbia flag, Saskatchewan flag, just because if you can reduce the customer interaction of somebody messaging you saying, hey, can I order this one? When it's like, I, I, I can make that one and I know what that should be priced as. I can put it on my website. Like that's, that's easy enough to do. And I could, I could go out there and say, okay, I'll pull this product and you know, put a lot of them on there. But that's just, it, 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 that even becomes a logistics challenge because then somebody might say like, like the BC flag, you're not going to change the colors. Mm-hmm. You're not going to say like, hey, I want the yellow in it to be orange, you know, whatever it is. But there's a lot of other things where like somebody will want something similar, but change this color. So to, to, I'm just trying to streamline it as much as possible. But uh, How yeah. much back and forth is there with each customer then? Because it seems like if someone is, they're going to want to see a drawing of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll and do they're like going to make changes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like I'll do a digital rendering. Some of the clients that I do a lot of work with, they, uh, I've had it where it's like, hey, uh, this is sort of the theme. Make me something. And I'm like, you want to see a mock up? They're like, nope, I trust you. And once you have that trust, like that, that's the ideal client. Sometimes it's tough because I have got some people that are like, oh, like I had somebody the other day was like, literally like, oh, what's something cool you could make? And I'm like, like I gotta have a starting point. I'm like I mean, there's lots of cool things I have in my head, but like you know, did you know? Were you born in the late '80s? Did you like this, 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 or you know, whatever it is? Because they might have a totally different taste than I do. So yeah, I've got I've got some different. I'm gonna start doing um, you know, a lot of the golf industry or these limited release launches. You see it tied to like different majors and different things like that. But there are a bunch of products that I want to. Uh, start launching and I've had, I've had these ideas forever and I'm like, finally, like, I'm like, okay, I should probably do this because I think it's, there's some merit behind them. What is the, this is something I want to talk to you about. Like, what is the trademark licensing? Like what kind of due diligence you have to go through to make sure you're allowed to make something? Yeah, no, no, for sure. I mean, any of the, any of the handbag stuff or stuff like that, like I'm buying authentic handbags and taking those apart. I mean, I don't know what the exact language. I mean, there's a lot of people that are doing it. Um, with it, with it being artwork, like I do a lot of branded, um, stuff for actual like corporations. So I'll get, um, you know, I've done stuff with like, say a Coca-Cola or an MGM or the actual brands. I've got a, I've got a bunch that I'm working on that way. So they send me their logo and just say, Hey, can we, can we create this? And then, then there's some other ones that are more sort of inspired pieces where I take something and just create the art out of it. So are you allowed to like put a Seahawks logo? No, I, I wouldn't, I would never do like a direct Seahawks logo. You know, what you can do is you can create like a Jersey. You could take say the number three and like an actual Jersey font, yeah. use the Seahawks sort of like lime green color, put that on there. You know, I've had, I mean, if I'm doing it for an actual like athlete from that, I can always, I get some of them that will uh, get like team approval, yeah. stuff like that. Um, but yeah, for, for some, for some athletes, if they, if they don't even want to go down that route, but it's funny, like a, a, a couple of times I've had like, uh, past college guys that are like, Hey, if it's a PGA tour player. That's like, Hey, I'm an, again, I'm an Oregon doc. I want an Oregon doc head cover. If, if, if the college sees that they're not at all upset right. because they want to actually get their brand out there on like a high profile player's bag. Right. And in, in some cases that's resulted in them reaching out and saying, Hey, like, can, how, can we order these for our team? Yeah. Cause in that, in the case of that, I might not even be selling it. That's not a sale. That's actually just creating product for a player that I'm that I've partnered with. So yeah, no, you, you find, you find kind of creative avenues to, to work around it, doing inspired pieces or like I say, cre- recreating a Jersey without actually having like, 
you know, an official sports team logo. Yeah. And then there's some, yeah, I mean, there's some interesting opportunities to do some, some bigger licensings, you know, opportunities. It's just getting the scale to support it. Where, where are a lot of those connections coming from? It All sounds like in a very short time, you've built a pretty cool network. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's all word of mouth. I've, you know, I, I continue to say it, and at some point I should probably make one, but I, I haven't made a sales call since I've started the company. I mean, obviously, like with different people, you wouldn't make a sales call, or I wouldn't send like a blind DM to some large athlete saying, hey, I'd love to work with you. But, you know, I've, I've been quite fortunate to get connected to some really, really, really interesting people and work with some high profile athletes. And I, you know, early on I was pushing, I was like, you know, I, I want to create all these relationships on the PGA tour. I was like, I want to work with like XYZ player. But what you realize is that's, it's so challenging because with them quickly, their agents get involved. Yeah. Like I've had, I've had players that have introduced me to their agent because um, in the case of like a, a Jason Kokrak, uh, he and I were spending some time together and he said, Hey, like he, um, He's a PXG player, but he's got uh, he's got a partnership with a whiskey company. So he wanted uh, the the whiskey head cover, you know, like their logo on there, whatever. So he introduced me to company. Company ordered a bunch for their tournament, plus for his bag. So that's fine. But like in the case of, I made a head cover for Bryson DeChambeau, and he had it on Thursday of the tournament, and then Friday it was off. And that's just because the Puma guys, like he's got his again his signature Bryson cap. Um, driver head cover. Yeah. So to push those guys doesn't make a lot of sense because you know you're. I mean, you're really kind of fighting upstream. Whereas other professional athletes, like an NFL player or a MLB player, whoever it is, these are guys that aren't contractually obliged. Yeah, maybe TaylorMade or Titleist or whoever it is gives them free clubs, but it's not like hey, if you don't have all 14 of our clubs in your bag, like we're pulling our sponsorship. It's more probably like hey, we'll comp you this. You rep it, whatever. It's it's good that people see our clubs on different people's bags. But in terms of head covers, like these guys, number one, have some pretty cool stories that they can kind of do to express them, and generally are, uh, yeah, they're more fun to work with. Hmm. Funny, you'd think like PGA Tour players that have like more creativity. Most of them are just like it's their job. Yeah, they're just like I don't know, like do you know whatever. So. Yeah, I'm, uh, but in terms of network, it's just kind of come word of mouth. And once, I mean, again, once you get, I mean, there's certain people you get product in their hands and golf, you're out on a course for four hours with three, under, the three other individuals, assuming you're playing a foursome, right? So somebody has something interesting enough on their bag, it should come up in conversation, right? Somebody says, hey, what's that? Because, you know, so many people are used to a pretty stock, like there's some pretty like, I mean, you see people that buy head covers with like a golf course on it. I, I work with different country clubs where it's like, oh, wow, you played there? How was that course, right? So people have these mementos, but um, if you have a certain head cover, some people are like, what, what's that, right? And, and that's where a lot of the messages is like, hey, I was playing with such and such. He said to reach out. So it's it's kind of grown that way. And then it's just, yeah, kind of shocked on in terms of some of the people that have reached out to me and kind of almost thought about asking like, how did you hear about me type thing? But that's the sport, right? Hmm. It's such a cool sport, man. I said to you over uh, messaging, like it would be fun to be involved somehow in golf long term. Yeah. yeah, it's just such a, like it's it's such a social sport. It's such a great networking sport, and for like any business, it is. Um, I don't know how to say it other than like just so good networking. Yeah, 
Like every year that we go down to Palm Springs, we like meet one or two random guys that are like just such beauties. Yeah. And we'll get phone numbers and like every year we'll go down, we'll like be like, hey, are you here this week? Do you want to go play whatever, right? Oh, 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 totally. No, I know. I know. And that's one thing I, again, I need to get into is just playing more. I mean, it's not necessarily like I need to be out there like slang and head covers, but at some point you get out there and start talking to people, right? Like mm-hmm. so much of what I do is, you know, on my phone, on the computer, over, over the phone, but it does nothing. Obviously beats in person and. I'd probably say I'm my best self on the golf course, minus after a bad shot. But like generally, like <laughs> like that's that's my domain. Like I'm, you know, if if only my wife could see me out there and just how happy of a person I am. But that's okay. I lots of time to do it now that I'm focused on this, and I can start to travel. And with some of the tournaments that I'm a part of and work work with or whatever, it's like I can take place in those events, whether it's sponsoring a men's night or doing whatever. Yeah. So. There's lots of opportunities and it's great for me to be at these events and meeting the people that you're actually working with. So I do that with a bunch of the different clubs here, but there's only whatever, 300 and somewhat, you know, 65 days of the year. So it's like, you know, I also need to be in the shop working that I can't be at 300 different events doing whatever, right? What Do you have like some long-term goals for the company? What does that look like? You're literally doing it by yourself right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, 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 I've had different people. I mean, I'll have a handful of people helping me at like different, different points on different projects. And I've got contract manufacturers and, and getting somebody to like fire up an embroidery machine and all of that. So I've had family members that have been working for me full time for, for a while. So it's me <laughs> plus, you know, other, you know, other Jeffries, um, which is, which is nice and helpful. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't have one really. Like I have, you know, when I, when I started the business and I've said it before, there were like two people I wanted to work with and one was Michael Jordan and then one was Tiger Woods. And I, I, I just put those out there as like just kind of ridiculous goals in terms of like, Hey, I would love to do this. And I have a pathway to both now so I could do it. But you know, I also want to do it at the right time in terms of like, it would be great to like meet that individual. And I, and it always sounds crazy, but like I've talked to people like with, people with really, really, really absurd goals and like if it like willpower and if you like, you know, if you believe in strength theory and all these different things, like you can actually will these things to happen. Mm-hmm. Like um, I know a guy, he was, uh, so um, I mean, what, I'm trying to think what year he would have been. So she, she, Sean Foley's Canadian. Yeah. So this guy grew up with Sean Foley's as swing coach. So story behind Sean Foley and he's a, from everybody I know that knows him, they just say he's a fascinating guy. I know a lot of people that say, oh, I don't like him just because, you know, maybe him and Tiger didn't like peak like Tiger did in like the 2000s under Butch or, you know, whatever. But Sean Foley was at the driving range in Ontario, like coaching a guy I know. And he's like, I'm going to coach the best players in the world. And everybody's like, like, this is some golf pro in Canada. Like this guy's like mental. And at one point in time, he had Tiger, Justin Rose, who he still works with. I want to say Hunter Mahan, like this is this. I mean, to say you're going to coach Tiger Woods, like you know what I mean. But there have been a handful of people throughout his career that have coached him. That as crazy as that goal seemed, did it. And and at the end of the day, I'm making a product. I mean, it's not. I'm not telling this person how to swing a club or doing anything like this. But I just have those types of goals. I mean, I, you know, it's 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 humbling to see your product in this person's hand or in this pro shop or whatever it is. But I mean, I just wake up every day and just try to make make cool things. So no real goal, no revenue goal, nothing like that. Like just kind of have fun with it. I'm working with some great clubs, some great individuals. And 
as long as I'm enjoying what I'm doing, just keep doing it type thing. Is maybe. Do you want it to scale? Yeah, I mean, I've I've turned down a lot of large orders. I mean, I've I'm working with some pretty big clubs and brands, so I'm kind of dealing with some of the pains on how to scale. Like, you know, mm. how many people can I have making these things? But making, you know, what I mean, like, if I get an order, say, like, like let's say it's a hundred units of the exact same thing. I mean, is that where my time's best spent? I mean, I can create the stencil. I could have people that put it together. I could source the right materials, put that put that together for that event. And I, I, I have done that and will continue to do that. But that's where I actually need help because some of the really, really one-off projects that I work with, some really interesting clients, like that's the stuff where like the art, artistry, like I can't say to somebody, hey, create this. I, I don't have necessarily that trust. Somebody hasn't spent enough time doing it. So like any time to scale your business, you need to like, let go of your business, but I, I mean, everybody's focused on scale, like in any business, right? People are like, oh, I want it to be this, this, this. I was like, you know how many businesses I've, I, I mean, I've looked at in, in other aspects of life and I've been like, this guy's miserable. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, like, you know, there's just always this like, you know, more money, more problems. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, I got 20 employees. Like, I'm, you know, I'm king of the world. I was like, eh, I don't know. I mean, I know this guy who's got like two and he's like, he seems pretty freaking happy. I mean, you know, what do you, what do you want in life, right? Everybody wants more and more and more and more. And, and you know, there was a point in time where I was like, oh, you know, you had these, these ambitious goals, but it's like, I want to raise a family. I want to, you know, like it's, it, there's a certain amount of like work-life balance. And there's so many people that think if I get this to a certain scale, then I can do this. And it's like, like, what do you, like if you want to golf, like go golf now. You know what I mean? Like, like, like if you're, if you're an hourly employee, it's a little bit different, but it's like, do what you want to do. You can do it now. Like so many, you know what I mean? Like everybody's like, I'll be happy. And it's, I'm not the first person to say this. It's like, I'll be happy when I do this. They do it and they're still miserable. Oh, but when I hit this, then I'll be happy. And it's like, oh, just, just enjoy what you do. Right. So I don't know. I mean, it is scaling some of the clubs that I'm working with, the volume that they want. And like, you know, it, t- it goes from not me selling to one individual, but let's say there's 700 members of that golf course. Yeah, they're doing a sort of stock. I mean, it's custom because I can do a, such a wide variety of stuff for their pro shop. But all of a sudden, you're in front of 700 members. And there's some really big clubs in the US that have reached out to work with me where I know it's going to be a lot of work because they can go through. I mean, when I look at their membership, when I look at the events that they host. So, yes, it will scale, but there's a certain point where I'm like, I don't want to be this person. I don't want to be this person because it'll just, it won't be me. The identity of it will literally like, just be stripped and it'll just be another one of those companies that just doesn't have a personality, which you see a lot of. And it's tough to keep that personality as you scale. And you see that with so many brands where it's like, this was cool. And now it's like, eh, I don't know if I'd want to be wearing that line of clothing or whatever it is. Is there a lot of competition for head covers? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a few, there's a, there's a big company in uh, Eastern Canada. They hate me. That's okay. <laughs> That's, that's fine. Uh, Why is that? I uh, just, you know, I, I, I'm doing me, they're doing them. I take certain accounts from them and they don't like that. And, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not making a sales call to any of these accounts. It's just people that want to work with me. I, I'm trying to really drive creative. They're, they're bigger. They, they take on bigger contracts. That's fine. Like, I mean, I'm just, I always want to be custom. Right. Um, and then there's, there's some companies in the States, but um, and there's some great companies out there. There's lots of companies that I look at what they're doing. I'm like, and it's a different style than me or companies that make golf bags and so many things I'd love to make, but it's just like, like I've, I've grown smarter. Like, you know, in the beginning, somebody could have the, just an order for something totally random and, you know, 
you're young, you're, oh, I'm, I think I'm still young, uh, but you know, you're, you're young and stupid and you're like, yeah, sure. I'll do it. And you put some ridiculous timeline on it. And it's like, I've never done this before. Like, what are you thinking? You can turn this around in like three weeks. Right. So, but a lot of, there, there is a lot of competition out there, but in terms of what I actually do, I don't want to sound like I want to be humble, but like, I don't think there's anybody that can do what I can do at the level that I do it. But that's just because their business isn't built that way. Yeah. Like if you want, if you have 20 people on the production floor, like they can't do some of the things that I can do just because they wouldn't be able to maybe not keep all the people employed, right? Like they've got the engines built. They're taking orders that they got a service. They can't kind of go out and do these really, really kind of one-off things. So yeah, no, like I say, it's, it's, um, there's a lot of people out there. There's, oh, there's always more people that get in, but like competition's a good thing. I mean, anybody that thinks like, oh my God, like I shouldn't go into this. There's so many people that are in it. I mean, it's like good. Like, you know, like if, if you have the competitive drive, there's so many people that be like, oh, I'm done. Like, I don't, I don't like this. You know what I mean? But there's no, there's no really, really, really big player. But I'm not like an acquisition target for anybody. I'm just a, because the company is me. I am company. Like, you know, we are, we are one. So just keep, just keep doing me. Do you see yourself more as like a designer then than like a, not, a business person? Oh God, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I, I wear multiple hats. I mean, I'm, I feel like I see you outside of this environment right now, and you're like showing up to the golf club in this like Technicolor coat with yeah, like yeah. really crazy shades on, like very yeah. artisty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm not <laughs> not like Picasso or like you know like like or any other famous artist or I cut off my ear or something like that, but. No, I, I mean, like, so go, going to school, like, I, you know, I, I looked at going to business school or doing something else. And, and my dad, who's a business individual or like very uh, a successful guy in business, I mean, his, his words of advice to me were, don't go, don't go, don't go into business. And what's interesting in that is like, I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot of people with business degrees and people with MBAs. So I was looking at, I was like, okay, I could do my MBA or I could do my CFA. And I was in the finance world and both, you know, there's, there's an avenue for, but like, I just looked at it and I was like, uh, and again, some people might be offended, but I was like, I think it's a waste of time. And, and I only think it's a waste of time because I was like, I could learn, I, I could have somebody teach me this is how to build it or I could build it. And if I build it and, and I mean, yeah, I might be unsuccessful and I might be doing this, but like that time and energy spent, what I have today versus what that, like an MBA would have got me okay, I could have made X, Y, Z. I mean, oh, sure. Would I have been happy doing that? I don't know. I mean, but I, I don't sit there and just wonder, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's a bad situation. Like you, you see people that are just so like, they're like, oh man, I should have taken that opportunity. If I did this, I'd be here and here and here. And it's like, it's, it's a waste of time. But with, with, the M, with an MBA or anything, I was like, oh, I'll just go out and build this. So I think I'm more business oriented, um, but it's not, it's, like I say, I'm not making sales calls. I've, I've done the sale. I mean, it literally came from sort of a side of sales and account management. And I manage accounts, but I'm not necessarily cold calling and like lighting those up. So he, there's, there's a business acumen there. So I'm not just the painter who's like, you're like, man, you're not charging enough for your product or you're not doing this. Like I, I understand how all of that works, but it's, yeah, you kind of have to have a bit of both. And it's just networking, right? Totally. So if, if you're good at networking and you're good at your craft, you'll be successful. Do you have a favorite head cover? Oh. They've made? God. There's got to be one or two. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, no, I know. It's, it's, it's tough. Like, like the whole, like when I made a Hollywood Hulk Hogan, I mean, 
that one, that one, like for, you know, just my age and like with the, the professional wrestling and stuff like that was pretty cool. I made a head cover that I think the rock is going to sign, which is cool. Not, not for me, but uh, a guy that works for the rock that, so there's, there's some, but here's the thing. There's a story behind each one. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where like, like design wise, I could say, oh yeah, I really like that. That like, that was like what I thought was like a masterpiece, but there's some that I, I only share a small portion of what I actually work on. Um, but there's some that have such a cool story. It's like, oh, this guy, you know, this guy's um, grandfather was a hall of fame NFL player and we did like a sort of a tribute to him or, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. that, there's that story behind it, which is that much cooler, right? Versus somebody being like, this is, you know, make me this. So yeah, should have come prepared with like, like some, some <laughs> notes on notes on my products. <laughs> Cause it's, yeah, it's, it's been a while and yeah, I mean, I obviously work on a lot of them, but yeah, the, I mean, here's a sad fact. I mean, the head covers I have on my bag are like, uh, yeah, two or three years old. So I like, I've been that busy that I haven't had a chance to make it my, like make any for myself. So it's a good problem to have. Yeah, it is. But that'd be like you in real estate and be like, like I, I don't live in a home. You know I mean? Like, it'd be like, what? Like, like you know, so, so I don't know if it'd be that that sharp of a comparison, but you know, so, something like that, yeah. right? It's funny, man. Like, I find a lot of people are like that. That, let's say they're the best plumber in the world. Their fucking sink leaks. Yeah. Because they don't have time. When they get home at like 8 or 30 p.m., they want to eat and go to bed and like work again in the morning. Yeah. They don't have time or they don't, whatever. No, no, no. That's just it. Like that that extra hour, like, because you feel like you're like at your absolute max yeah. in terms of that avenue of your life that it's like another hour of this. Like, no, thank you. Like, I'd rather spend it on the couch than make something for me or do something or service something for me. It's, I don't know what to, like how to describe it, but the the term is, it's coming to mind is like emotional exhaustion. Yeah. Like having a super busy day at work, you're like putting so much of yourself out there that when you get home, you're just like, I just need to like take it easy. When it's different, like if you're a personal trainer, like you need to stay in shape or you need to do something because it's like, that is part of it. It's like my bag isn't necessarily a showroom. Yeah. Like I don't like go around and say, hey, everybody, like this is the latest line of this, right? Or like if you're selling suits, you got to come in wearing a nice suit, but what you have at home or whatever, I mean, that guy probably like dresses like a bum at home, right? That's okay, right? It's just, yeah, kind of appearances or whatever you want to say. I'm excited, man. Very cool to see uh, doing super well. Yeah, yeah. I had, an, I had an article go out in USA Today, which is cool. Cool. You know, just, just stuff like that where I'm kind of like, oh. But again, you don't, you don't know what, what that's going to bring, but just wake up every morning. Now that, now that I don't have a boss, I'm my own boss, right? Like wake up every day, like get up, do this, do this, but... You got a family to feed, so just keep keep slugging. Good very, motivator. Very humble, this guy. I'm pumped to see it doing well, man. Honestly, I really, um, I don't know. I feel like we're filled with a society of jealousy. And in my head, I'm just like so excited to see other people happy, yeah. but like successful as well and doing what? Want to just doing th- something cool. Like, if you were if you were 20 years old and someone was like, you should start a head cover business, you'd have been like, I don't even know what that means. Like, sure, head covers yeah. are cool. I'm not even make any money. How how do I connect with Michael Jordan? You know, like the, oh no no people no. right? Yeah no absolutely. I would have been like, okay, I need to get a steady paying job, yeah. climb the corporate ladder, yeah. and you know get some get something with a pension, and I'll uh, you know I'll just 
plug like 35 years of that and I'll, I'll, I'll be happy. And it's like, I didn't even do it for that long before I was like, this is not what I'm interested in, right? But you have to, you have to go there and try it or else, like I say, I could be sitting there, you know, and there's a point, like, are you ready to do it? Like, are you ready to grind? Have you like kind of mastered your craft, whether that's business development, whether it's this or this before going out and doing that, right? I mean, there are some people that are very talented at like 18 or 20 start a company. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to do that. No, me neither. I, I wouldn't have been able to move out at that age, like. I, just, I still don't think I could keep myself alive on my own. Like my <laughs> wife does all that for me. So there's, there's definitely aspects in my life where I, I haven't figured things out, but something like this is just, it's working well. And if you're passionate about something, like generally you should be successful. Not always, not always, but it's like, there's a lot of people that are passionate about golf. Can't break a hundred. <laughs> like, you know, and it's not like, like but, but it, I mean, again, just focus on your craft every day. If you just get a little bit better, it's, it's pretty amazing. Like if I look at, where I am now versus a year from now. And, you know, just, just in terms of what I'm making, who I'm making it for, it's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. So, yeah, but like I say, enjoying it all. That's the key, man. Yeah. I like it. Thanks for the combo. Yeah. It's great I to appreciate see it. You. Yeah. I haven't seen you in a long time. I feel I like know. we played golf two years ago, maybe yeah. three years ago. It was a while ago. Yeah, I know, I know. And whenever with, with time, like, you know, it's like this plus add this, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if, if you're it thinking maybe two, recent. it's like it's three or four, yeah. right? But yeah, 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 yeah no, I know, yeah. I know. We'll, we'll have we'll have to tee it up again. Like I say, even though I'm moving out of town, my hope is that I come back to Vancouver and there's more of an urge to actually play golf when I'm here because it's like anything. Like people that have gyms in their building, how often do they actually go to that gym? Yeah. It's like never. I live five minutes away from the front gate of Vancouver Golf Club. How many times have I played? Like hardly ever, right? So I'm Crazy. hoping like actually a little bit of distance might mean more play, more social, but yeah, we'll see. I, I especially like who knows what 2020 is, 2021 is going to bring. Yeah. Are these vaccines, Carl, what's the update on the vaccines? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So 95%? Or? But yeah. I don't know if there's a lot more, like if we're not allowed to travel, probably yeah. be in up, up in the interior a few times. So I'll try to get. Yeah. Well, you can travel. It's just the two weeks on the back end of it, right? I mean, I know lots of people that have been down to the States and I know people that are still going on golf trips now. I actually got fortunate. I did Bandoned Dunes in February. Nice. Yeah. So I did Disneyland in February as well. I think first week of Feb and then third week of Feb, I was down in Bandon. So, and then I think it's probably about two weeks after that, that even Bandon shut down, which is absolutely absurd because you're playing Lynx golf in the middle of nowhere. It's like, (laughs) You know, but I, I understand early on, plus it's Oregon as a state and all this, but you can, yeah, I, I'm looking, I'm actually looking at a few golf trips in the States to plan for next year. I'm just trying to figure that out. And But I can quarantine because I work in my shop and if totally. I work alone, totally. you know what I mean? It's not like, hey, you know, I, 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 I feel bad for the people that have anything where they've got to work with people and yourself. I mean, you can't, if you can't open, host an open house or whatever it is like that, that two weeks is 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 a very valuable piece of time, but hopefully they resolve that. Their stuff they're doing out of Calgary, et cetera, et cetera, like with um, just more rapid forms of testing, where like yeah. suddenly there's not this like two week penalty that you have to serve for going to have a fun week in Palm Springs because like you're saying this is like your annual time to get down there, and it hasn't helped that it's just pissing rain here. <laughs> in the last couple like weeks just have been just depressing. awful. <laughs> like just it, it would be perfect if you're going. Yeah. Be like that lead up, where you're like oh, like but. It's like just we're coming into December and we're coming in hot. So yeah. That's why this time of year is usually so good to get away. 
Like it just starts getting rainy the last like two or three weeks. You always think you can make it longer. You're like, oh, like I can go through a month of rain and it's like two weeks. And yeah. You're like, I need to get that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. But like I say, the, I mean, I know people, like, a lot of people that have gone down to Mexico and a lot of people that have gone down to California, Florida, like different places to go golf. So, and people on this side of, of the border and you can do it. It's just that trade-off and hopefully totally. if they can close that gap, it'd be ideal. Cause there's so many good golf courses and the problem is, is luckily we're here where you can actually go play a pit meadows right now. But like, I mean, what, what do you do if you're in like Calgary or Manitoba or anywhere, literally anywhere else in Canada where it's like, you cannot golf. Yeah. It's, we're, at, we're like, we're quite blessed here. So. I agree. Yeah. Thanks buddy. Good yeah. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you very much.